So tonight, uh, 4.53, it is night, isn't it? I, could say, I don't have to say this evening. Tonight, <laughs> uh, we're just going to take a few minutes, and I just wanted to do a part two from Wednesday. On Wednesday, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go and listen to the message. Uh, it was just a message on uh, some self-examination that I like to do during this time of the year, this last week. Someone posted, this is the week where time goes to die. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is the week where I, I go within this week. This is the week where I check, I do a checkup on myself. You know how we have checkups at the doctor? This is that week that I do that. Uh, it's just a self-examination. And this year, it was different than previous years. It was based on 2 Corinthians 3, 5, where the Lord tells us to examine. Everyone, examine yourselves. He said that through Paul. And so uh, we talked about that. I won't get into that. We gave some specific areas, some questions you can ask yourself uh, regarding your spiritual life. See where you are. It can really assist us in preparing us for where God wants us to go in 2023 and beyond. And so uh, this evening, let's go to a very appropriate verse of scripture. We'll go to the last, this is the last message of 2022. Let's go to the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. <laughs> Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. It says, and behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. <laughs> Don't turn there, but you could write it down. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 10. It says, I, the Lord, search the mind. I try the heart even to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Jesus is coming soon. And yes, Revelation was written a long time ago, maybe 1,900, 2,000 years ago uh, it was written. But remember, that's only two days to the Lord. A thousand years is as a day. <laughs> 2,000 years, two days. I even know that. <laughs> I can even add that together and come up with that. 2,000. It's only been two days since Jesus left this earth. <laughs> and so... Uh, it says that he's coming, and we don't know exactly when. We don't know exactly when, but we know for sure that he's coming, and we know that it's sooner than when this verse of scripture was written. We can agree on that, because <laughs> time has passed. And so uh, we, uh, when he comes, he said, I'm coming with my rewards in my hands. One translation says, with my rewards. Now, does everybody get the same reward? You get the reward, and you get the same reward, and I get the same reward. We all get our re No. No. No, we don't get the same reward. Uh, that wouldn't be fair. And our God is fair and just. Our God is fair and just. And so uh, distributing equally is not fairness. I know that goes against what you're hearing right now. <laughs> But it's not fair. And when we get to heaven, we're going to find out what a lot of fair things are that we thought were not fair. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, we're going to go, oh, oh, okay. Uh, but uh, think about it. If someone lived for 90 years of their life and they heard about Jesus and rejected it for 90 years, wanted nothing to do with him. 
And then on their deathbed, pastor comes in and says, you need Jesus because, you know, you know, you've heard the message and you haven't exactly lived a good life. You need Jesus. And he says, okay, fine. And so he accepts Jesus and shoo, he makes it to heaven. But then this one over here, Betty Jean, served the Lord since she was a little girl. She sacrificed so many things. She just gave her whole heart, led so many people to the Lord. And then, you know, it was time for her to go and she's in heaven. Is Betty Jean going to get the same reward as Mr. So-and-so? No, no, mm -mm. no, wouldn't be fair. But God loves everyone. Yes, he does. And thank God he had mercy to let him go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. You know, uh, but all we have to do is what he says in his word. We do what he says in his word. It changes the trajectory of our life. That's it. We were destined for hell. But you confess it, you believe in your heart, you say it with your mouth, and there you go. But you know what? There's some learning you got to do. Mr. So-and-so is going to be in some classes when he gets to heaven because he's got to catch up. Yeah, he's got to catch up. There's been people that have died and gone to heaven, and they all say the same thing. You do not go directly to the throne. No. Not if you haven't done what you need to do down here. Dad always said something when he came up. He would say, this is practice for what we're doing in heaven with our praise. So he says, come on and shout Jesus. And people still stand there. So guess what? They're going to be in praise 101 when they get to heaven. They're going to be, he might be teaching the class. You might have pastor teaching the class, praise 101, to show you how to praise. Well, it's not my personality, and I'm just quiet. And Well, in heaven it will be. In heaven, you'll be praising. You'll be learning how to pray. So there are some things if we choose not to do it now. Now, this is something I was thinking about. This is interesting, where my thoughts went. Now, what if spouses, spouses on fire for the Lord, and, you know, they do life together, but then when they get to heaven, what's going to happen? When one spouse decides, well, I'm not with, I, uh, I come to church when I want, blah, 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 blah. are they going to be separated? Probably. Probably. You want to be with your spouse in heaven side by side? You better start reading your word like your wife is, like your husband is. <laughs> start going to church and start serving the Lord like your spouse is. You want to do eternity together and not apart? Because there's no marriage or given in marriage, we know. But come on. I want to be with my spouse, <laughs> you know. We, we do everything we can here to stay together. Amen. So why don't, why don't we do that there? I was, that's where my mind goes. I just have lots of questions like that. So anyway, uh, on the day we stand before Jesus, each one of us will give an account. Uh, everyone who is born again will give. No one is excluded. Everyone who is born again will give an account of our lives. This is not the great white throne judgment. No, that is reserved for those who are not born again. This is uh, in front. If you made it to this, it's an exciting time. This is a wonderful thing because you're there. You made it. You ain't going to hell. You made it. Woohoo! You're saved. If you're standing at the judgment seat of Christ, it's a good thing. You can rejoice. But we hear the word judgment and we get all crazy, like, that's a bad thing. Oh, no, no, no. We'll talk about that. No. 
No. Jesus said, I'm coming with my rewards. I heard preachers say, your life will be on the big screen in front of everybody. And everybody will see all the bad things that you did. And some of the good things. But all the bad things. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. They don't see all of that, you know. And so you start thinking. And now it's that, that message doesn't bring peace and joy about going to heaven, does it? It doesn't bring it. It brings anxiety. I'm biting my fingernails off, you know. Like, I thought that was under the blood. Yes, it is. And that's what we need to remember. As far as the east is from the west, he separated us from those sins. That, he can't attach that to us anymore. It's under the blood, and that will not be brought up when you get to heaven. No sin that you've repented of will be brought up when you get to heaven. Clear? Clear. Don't, no worries about that. That's not what the judgment seat is about. That's not what it's about. And so there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's not what this is about. What this is about is when we're standing there, uh, it means that, okay, we're saved. We made it in, we're saved. And then look at Romans chapter 14 and verse 10. Romans 14 and verse 10 says, Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And the word stand is important. The word stand, think about this. It's not crawling, it's not, I'm not worthy. It's standing the way you know you belong there. You're standing there like, I made it by the grace of God. I'm here. I made it. And so you know you belong there. You're not in fear because there's no fear in heaven. There is no fear in heaven. And so you're standing there. And uh, so think of someone who has no shame. Amen. Now the word judgment here is really the word bema. B-E-M-A. And what that word means, the word judgment is just a horrible translation because for us in our culture, judgment is a bad thing. It, it, but if you think about it, it, you know, we think of the court, the judge, and guilty. You know, we think of all, that's where our mind goes in our culture. Uh, but uh, this word is taking from the Greek games where athletes competed for rewards. Um, as they competed, they were under the careful scrutiny of a judge who watched to ensure every rule of the contest was obeyed. And when the game ended, the champions, the players, the victors were led to the bema, which is the platform where the rewards were handed out. It was where uh, the, the individuals, they were all led there, and it was the platform to which, it, you know, it wasn't an open space, but it was the platform to which they would sit down and designate you're the winner, you're, you know, good race, that kind of thing. Think about the Olympic podiums for gold, silver, bronze. Think about it. That is a bema. And it's a time of celebration. You do not see the judge. Time out before you play the national anthem for the country that won. We got to talk about something. When that kid was 12 years old, you know what he did to his brother? It was horrible. I don't know why we're giving him the gold. No, that's, you never hear that happening. No, it's a time of celebration and reward for what you did right. That's what the judgment seat of Christ is about. That's what it's about. 
It's a place of designation and evaluation. And it's a place where the judge would place the laurel wreath on the individual's head, who, especially those who competed well. So it was not the place where they condemned those who did poorly. It was a time to celebrate what they did right, uh, not what they did wrong, not, not to uh, con condemn them for what they did wrong. Then Romans 14, 12 says, each of us will give a personal account to God. In Greek, it says, every one of us, without exception, will give a factual, verbal report of himself to God. Each of us will give a full, verbal accounting of ourselves to God. The accounting will not be on our sin. Again, he remembers that no more. And I believe when we get to heaven, we won't either. I, I believe we won't. And so uh, once we repent, those sins are under the blood. But your report will be on how well you ran your race of faith. That is the report that you'll give. How well you ran your race of faith. How, how did you use your faith? What did you do with your faith? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10 says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. The reward we receive will be based on how well we ran our race of faith. Did I do what I was called to do? Was I the wife, the mom? The Mimi, the employee, the friend, the pastor, the daughter that God called me to be. Was I, was I those things that he called me to be? I will be rewarded on how well I ran. Hallelujah. Now, you can go back and look at the verses that we read in Romans 14 and in 2 Corinthians 5, and you'll see that they are both surrounded by scriptures on how we treat one another, specifically in the body of Christ. How we treat our brothers and sisters uh, in the household of faith matters when we stand before the Lord. There's a reward for that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, and it tells us, it says not to judge others, not to compare ourselves, not to cause strifes, all the, all the verses around it. Uh, being good ambassadors of heaven, uh, knowing others after the spirit and not from a human viewpoint. Because how can you love someone right the right way with God's love if you don't see them the way heaven sees them? You can. It's just hard and natural, to be very honest. <laughs> right? I got to see them the way Jesus sees them for me to love them. But the question we should be asking ourselves, did I hit the mark that God gave me? Paul said, I pressed toward the mark. Did I hit the mark that God gave me? On the day we stand before him and look into the eyes of the Redeemer, <laughs> there will not be anything hidden. There's no twisting of facts. Nothing is hidden from God. Hebrews 4.13 tells that. Did I obey? Did I run all, uh, all the way? <laughs> Did I quit? Did I run all the way? Did I ever do everything he told me to? Did I drop out? If I completed the task, then there's a reward waiting for me. 
Yeah, there's reward. It's an eternal payday where we will receive our reward for what we fully completed for the Lord. That's what Romans 14 in the Greek says. There's a reward. And I've said it before. I, this is another motivator for me. <laughs> you know, while I have the opportunity here on this earth, uh, I don't want to barely make it to heaven. I don't want to be that guy or that girl that says, I'm here. Praise the Lord. Okay, where do I sign up for my classes? No, I don't want to be that. <laughs> I want to be, you know, you need someone to do something. Because listen, in heaven, uh, there are assignments. Do you understand? There are assignments. People think of heaven as one, just one large space, one large room with all the same size mansion. No, 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 we don't all get the same mansion. Some people will have illustrious mansions with beautiful property, lots of pro You want property? Ask him for it. Or you can be like some that just give me a place in the corner of heaven somewhere as long as I make it. There's songs that sing about that. There's songs. As long as I'm, I get there, just give me a little corner somewhere in heaven. Well, you'll have what you say. You'll have it. That If that's where your faith is and you're happy with that habit, God will let you have it. I want a big mansion because you don't have to clean it there. I want a big mansion. <laughs> I don't know. Do the angels clean it for us? I don't know. They're ministering to spirits sent on to minister on our behalf. <laughs> Can you clean my mansion for me today? You know, uh, you got less work since we're all up here now. And so uh, I, want, I, I want a big mansion. And not just that, but there's ruler over 10 cities. You hear that? There are cities in heaven. It's not just one big room where every, you know, you get your standard mansion size, you know, heaven size mansion. No, uh, there are cities in heaven and there are assignments. It's very, you'll be very active in heaven. There are assignments. Who gets those assignments? We do. We do. We do. We get those assignments. And so it's based on, though, what we do now. It's based on what we do now. And so uh, I, I don't want to be that one that is in the corner somewhere. You know, I, I told Eric yesterday, I, I, I've always been on the outside looking in when it comes to the inner circle. And I'm not doing that in heaven. Mm -mm. I will sacrifice whatever I need to here on this earth to make sure I fulfill the calling that God has me to do. Because when I get there, I'm going to hear, well done. Oh, that's my aim and that's my goal. That is my aim and my goal. That comes before anything else. Yes. Comes before anything else. Comes before anything else. That should be our aim. And so uh, the people who will be ruling over those cities and getting assignments and all of the things that are going to take place there will be based on what we do now. This life that you and I are living is a period of qualification. Ever watch the qualifying rounds of the Olympics? See who's going to the Olympics? I love watching the qualifying rounds. Sometimes more so than the Olympics. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll win, you know. But this one you don't know because there's, oh, there's all these Americans. Which one's going to, you know, represent us? And so this is your qualifying round. This is my qualifying leg. And so what I do here qualifies me for the next phase of my life qualifies you for the next phase of your life. How I serve God here in this church that he puts me in qualifies me for that next phase. How I make him my priority 
qualifies me for what's going to happen in heaven. It's not just going to heaven and sitting on some pretty cloud and playing harps and singing kumbaya all day. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever we think it is. No, no. Heaven's a real place and there's work to do because we coming back. You realize we coming back to this earth. <laughs> there is work to do. He's got to get us right. <laughs> There's work to do. And we're the ones who he's looking at, the glorious church. We said on Wednesday, God does nothing apart from his glorious church. So if I wasn't a part of a church, I would become a part of the church right now, somewhere, <laughs> a church <laughs> that is part of his glorious church. He doesn't do nothing outside of his church. We are the extension, the continuation of the work that Jesus did. He is the head. We are the body. We are his church. And he works through the church. That is how he will do his final work here on this earth, is right here in the house of the Lord. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. And so uh, we got to be ready for it. This is our qualifying round. That's why we do everything, we do things for the Lord. And there, there is, it's okay to say, I want tangible rewards. I worked with kids for many years <laughs> since I was a kid. And I can tell you, incentives go a long way. Candy, hmm, you offer candy, they'll participate in anything you have them participating in. If they know, right, Laura? If they know something's coming, the, uh, the, those that have worked with kids, if they know you're offering a prize, they'll pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm the same way. <laughs> you want to get my attention? Say, Maria, if you pay attention, there's chocolate after this. You got me. I just, I like prizes. I like prizes. I like prizes. But I, I think this, this is a special prize. This is not just any. You can't compare this to anybody else, to anything else. The king of kings, the king of heaven, dressed in all of his splendor, one day is going to step, take a step, and he's going to have a reward, a crown, and he'll place it on my head, on your head, dressed in all his splendor. The one I've worshipped since I was a kid. The one who gave his life for me. I'm going to get a reward from him. <laughs> Nothing beats that. Nothing compares to that. Nothing. Nothing. It's worth the sacrifice. And when we say sacrifice, it, it makes it sound like, oh, being a Christian is boring and hard. No, it's not. It's fun. If, if it's boring for someone, it's because they don't know how to do it. That's all we'll say about that. And so they, they don't know how to do that. Uh, so this is the race that we're running. And on, on Wednesday, we're going to talk about, it, this message should have been last in the thing, but I thought it would be appropriate to do it today because it's the, the last service. Uh, and I like talking about rewards. Uh, but on Wednesday, we're going to talk about how to run the race to get those rewards. Um, but uh, we'll finish that series. But let me just quickly list these five crowns for you. These are just the crowns, okay? There's, there's other rewards. 
um, but these are the crowds. Uh, and you can look up the reference when you get home. 1 Corinthians 9.25 talks about the crown of incorruption. This is a special crown that Paul describes given to believers who practiced physical self-governance and therefore ran a successful race, those who practice self-discipline and refuse to let their flesh hinder their race of faith. They can look forward to receiving this precious reward. This is why we've been talking about having a disciplined mind. You got a disciplined mind, you'll have a disciplined body. <laughs> it will surrender to your spirit. And then there's a reward, a crown. Praise you, Jesus. There's one crown. And then 1 Thessalonians 2.19 refers to the crown of rejoicing. Theologians often call this crown the soul winner's crown. <laughs> and I smile when I think of this because I am going to be there when my master puts the crown on my daddy's head. Mm -hmm. Soul winner's crown. Do you know it also says about, you know, that in heaven, it's not just we're all the same, all the same, you're all the same. No, it says that some stars shine brighter. You know which stars shine brighter? Soul winners. It says those who lead many, many to righteousness shine bright as the stars. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And then uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 18 talks about the crown of righteousness. This crown is specially designated for those who longed for Jesus appearing and lived holy lives in anticipation of his return. This is the crown that Paul referred to when he wrote about his own death and the crown that Jesus would give him. And he said it would be for anyone who does what he did. And so this is about laying our life down, our flesh down, and looking up because our redemption draws nigh. Amen. And then 1 Peter 5, 4 refers to the crown of glory. This is often called the pastor's crown because it's a special reward that will be given to shepherds who faithfully pastored and taught God's people. And thank God, pastors, we don't have to try to figure it out. It tells us right there in 1 Peter 5 how to pastor and how to shepherd. It tells us how to do it. And so if we do it that way, there's a crown. There's a crown. And so James chapter 1 and verse 12, the fifth one, and also Revelation 2.10, refer to the crown of life. This crown is often referred to as the martyr's crown. It is given to those who suffered for their faith, those who died for Christ, or those who were committed to finishing their race of faith regardless of the difficulties they encountered in life. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And so this is a crown that uh, those who are steadfast and just keep pressing on. Jean, I think of you, and I think of how Miss Jean showed up in church two days after her hubby went to heaven. Mm-hmm. Rough. Really tough. But you know what? You did it. And you are an example to all of us. Yeah. We all have bad days. We all have struggles. We all have things that happen. But we keep going. Thank God for the household of faith that can encourage and build up. 
but I see my Lord putting a crown of life on your head. <laughs> Miss Patty, I see that for you. Anyone who's lost someone during this race, and you keep going, because it could be a struggle, and you keep going, I could see that. You keep pursuing God, and you don't back down, but you keep going. There's rewards. There's rewards. There's rewards. And so these are the five, uh, five crowns which are part of uh, the awards or uh, rewards that you and I can receive. Uh, and again, there can be no greater reward than Jesus himself putting those crowns on our head. <laughs> Personally placing the victor's crown on our heads. Hallelujah. And a day is coming when the exalted king, clothed in majesty and splendor, will do that to those who steadfastly ran their race. So, this year, when you start to get weary while you're running your race, look up and with your eyes of faith, see Jesus holding your crown in his hands. Then, look back down to the road in front of you and get to running. Keep running, keep running. And know that he's coming soon. Amen. He's coming soon and he's bringing his reward with him. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. This is when it's all said and done, it ain't over. It ain't over. When that trumpet sounds, people think, oh, phew, now we're done. No, you're just beginning. <laughs> life, we will live the real life when we get to, we're kind of existing on this earth. Uh, but he says there's eternal rewards. You can go ahead and pass out the elements. There are eternal rewards and there are also temporary earthly rewards. That's what we'll talk about on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we'll talk about running our race. Ed, thank you. Uh, running our race, but the temporary earthly rewards that we receive as well. Because there are those. Jesus died so we can live a life here on this earth uh, that is full, abundant, overflowing with all that heaven has to offer. And so it shouldn't be a surprise to us when we get to heaven and be unfamiliar to us. Heaven should not be unfamiliar when we get there. Like, I got to fill this out. I got to figure out what's going on here. What, what is this? No. Heaven should be very familiar to us because Jesus came to purchase a, a, a life far better than we ever dreamed here on this earth. That's why I said if you're doing life on this earth and you're miserable because you're a Christian, you're doing it wrong. You haven't received the life that Jesus provided. Because the life Jesus provides is a full and glorious and exciting life. It's an adventure. <laughs> it's an adventure in faith. It is an adventure, but it's glorious. And when you hook up with the right people, when you hook up with the right people, members of the body of Christ, when you hook up with the right people, then it's easier to get through it, those, those challenges. It's much easier. It's much easier. Hallelujah. We are going to partake of uh, communion tonight, our covenant meal. And uh, if you read in, uh, let me just grab my iPad because we want to read this scripture. I'll, I'll grab my phone. Glory to God. Um, this is something that I, I'm, I'm, I, don't fully, I don't fully have it all yet. 
but uh, I was listening to uh, a message on this and it just got me because uh, I can see how it is so. And uh, where we see here, uh, I'm gonna go to, I'll go to New King James. I think that's a common uh, translation for this. All right, here we go. I'm gonna go to chapter 11. Where are we here? My thing keeps jumping. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. All right, so uh, Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he, be he was betrayed, he took bread, and he said when he had given thanks, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And then he says, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. This is what we were talking about on Wednesday, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Hallelujah. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And so it's this is not in memory of Jesus that we're doing this. He doesn't say do this in memory of me. No, it's in remembrance of what he did on the cross. His body was broken and his blood was poured out for you and I. And so he says to remember that. And then he says, uh, then he talks about not partaking unworthily. Not that you're unworthy. We all have been made worthy because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we are not unworthy, but in a manner unworthily. And what that is, is I'm not discerning. I'm not remembering his body and his blood. But who else is the body of Christ? You and I, the church. Not discerning the body of Christ. Not esteeming my place in the body. It says there are many that are sickly and dying prematurely around us because of that, not discerning his body. We don't discern it that way, and we don't discern it, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, and there's many scriptures on strife and all of that. And so be mindful of that as we partake of our covenant meal together, that this is not just about, uh, you know, oh, I got to remember Jesus died. and but Yeah, but Jesus is still working today. He's working through his body here on this earth. Discern the whole body. Discern your place as part of the body. And as we take uh, communion together, let's keep that in our hearts. Amen? We're a part of something so big. And when we get to heaven, the realization and the reality of how big it is will, will, be, it will be made real to us. Uh, if we'll ask the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll start helping us now. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for an opportunity on the last day of this year. 
to come together to partake of your blood and your body. We thank you for this opportunity, and we don't take it lightly, but we esteem it. We discern your body. We discern it, Father God. We discern how Jesus laid down his life and how he took our sickness and our pain upon his body. Uh, every stripe he bore, his body was broken and bruised for us. And for that, we are thankful. Jesus, the weight of our sin cost you your life. And we thank you for willingly laying it down for us. And we take this bread this evening in faith and worthy, in a worthy manner. And we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, you can partake of the wafer. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you for the precious blood of your son, Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And so we thank you that we are forgiven. And every time we do this, we remember that we are forgiven. We remember that it's because of the blood of Jesus that flowed from his body. Because of his blood that flowed. Hallelujah. We are forgiven and we are whole in Jesus' name. And so we thank you for the provision of the blood today. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it and we partake in faith and with thanksgiving. Go ahead and partake. Glory to God. You can stand with me. Hallelujah. You want to just play real quick? We're going to end, but just play for me. Hallelujah. We, we need to have some kind of note of victory here. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Breki stofe, mandego sto shefinidoka, ai pelontiga sto samande, prevestio o manente skeja, o pareto so sinita la macintusa, preveria bonente sontentigo, prevestestia somente. Thank you, Father. You see? We are put in here in this earth for a purpose. There's a plan and purpose of God as we cross the ear, shake off the old feathers, and put on the garment of praise. You see, we all come to this earth with a plan and a purpose to serve the one that put us here. Some of us, we do for a little bit and then we quit. And some of other people, other of us, we continue to do, but we don't do all the way through because obstacles and stuff that come our way. So tonight, we have few hours to cross another year. 
don't bring those thoughts and those things that is of the year past. Yeah. Just put on a new year. There is things that God wanted to talk to you about. But with the old mind, it'll just don't stick. Because you don't think about it. But pay attention. Pay attention to the things of the word. Yeah. The word of God must be a viral part yeah. of your life. If it's not, you're going to fail. Yeah. You're not going to go through life in peace. The word is a lamp to your feet, light to your path. And the word of God, as you read it, as you eat it, as you chew it, he'll give you elements that nothing else will satisfy you but the word, the word. So stick to it. Listen to my voice. I want you to hear me clear. For these things that we're going to see it, you're going to see things. You're going to hear things. You need my voice to guide you. The step of the righteous man, they are order of the Lord, not without the word, not without the word of God. The word is a lamp to you. So get up, shake off those old feathers, and pick up the, the garment in this year coming, and the grace and mercy and compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, come on, give him glory for it tonight. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise for your word. We thank you for the word. And we're going to be doers of the word of God. Amen. Doers, doers, doers of the word of God this year. Amen. Amen. Not hearers only, but we're doing the word of God. Amen. Glory to God. So I thank you for coming tonight. And I pray that you have a wonderful crossover into uh, 2023. Amen. 2023 is here almost a couple of hours. It's going to be a good one. Amen. A great one, an amazing one. You determine how it's going to be. And so set your intention now. If you say, oh, there's nothing good that can happen in my life anymore, you will have whatsoever you say. And if you say that to someone else and they go, oh, they're agreeing with you. Now you have agreement. So make sure you say it's going to be a great year. And when someone says that, say, amen, yes, it is. Because I agree with you. And where two or, two, two or more agree on something, it's going to be done. It'll be done. Amen. Glory to God. You